I'm going to talk just a few minutes about the light in our darkness. We are here tonight to celebrate that over 2,000 years ago, God sent his glorious light into this world. Jesus, the Son of God. The light became man, became flesh. God has come so that we might see the truth, the real truth, that we're lost and hopeless without him. And salvation has come for all people. Now, there are times where darkness is wanted, isn't it? Uh, you have a, a loved one. You want to have a nice romantic dinner. You have a little candlelight dinner in the dark, and that's nice. If you go to the movie, you don't want it bright. You want it dark in there when you're watching the movie. And there are some people who can only sleep when the room is completely dark. But in the Bible, darkness is usually associated with things that are evil and with death. Under the cover of darkness, many crimes are committed. It's also important that we understand that there is darkness in us as well, the darkness of sin. And sometimes the darkness can become so thick that we have a hard time to see the mess that sin has caused our life to be. So many people live in darkness and don't even realize it. The darkness has them blind to what they need, to who truly loves them. There's no story about a man in the desert it was night, and he was hungry, very hungry. And he lit a piece of wood, and he walked around trying to find food, and he found some dates. But every, every date he picked up was full of worms, and he'd throw it away. And he'd pick up another date, and it'd be full of worms, he'd throw it away. Pretty soon he realized that he, they were all going to be like that, and he was going to starve if he couldn't find any food. And so he stuck the light into the sand and put it out, and then he ate the dates. Some people prefer the darkness because in the light they see the things that they don't want to see. They continue in their old ways uh, because they don't have that light to shine on them, to show them that they have no relationship with God and that they're in serious trouble. John 3.19 tells us, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light because their, evils, their deeds are evil. But in Isaiah, which I'll be reading here in just a second, we are reminded that there's a new light that has come from the Lord. It is shining on all people. The new light chases away the shadows and the darkness. And the closer the light comes to them, the more they see the darkness that's in their life. And the more they feel the warmth and the comfort that comes from knowing that there's a God that actually loves them so much that he would give up his son. So let's read Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 1 through 3. The Bible says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for uh, um, giving us the knowledge and understanding of, of seeing exactly what has taken place. That you didn't send a prophet. You didn't send a man of knowledge, uh, a man who knew scripture. You sent your own son. God came to earth. God became flesh. Because we understand that there needs to be a sacrifice for the sin. 
And it has to be a perfect sacrifice, and we couldn't find one. We would never be able to find one. Because everybody born on this earth is born in sin. Sin by birth and sin by choice. But you took care of that by sending your son, born of a virgin, so that he knew no sin. He walked this earth, Father, to be the, to, to be the lamb going to the slaughter. The perfect lamb without spot, without blemish. And he went to the cross and died simply to give us the gift of eternal life. Father, there's no way we can thank you. There's no way we can do enough to, to show our appreciation for what you've given us. But Father, help us to bask in your wonderful life. Help us to understand what you've given us and, and, and the importance of knowing that we belong to you in this cold, dark world. And that one day, Lord, we'll be with you forever. Because your word tells us that we can know one thing for sure, that we have salvation in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. Lord, be with us for a little while. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it's a very important scripture here in Isaiah. He lets us know that the Messiah has come, that the light has come into the world. Uh, bright and red to you, that's uh, the announcement to the shepherds. The light, the glory of God shone around the shepherds, and they, they knew that something magnificent had happened, that a Savior had been born in Bethlehem, a baby. Not a king, but a baby in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And Christian told you that that baby was none other than Jesus. And John wanted to make, you, make sure you understand one thing, that that baby wasn't the first time he ever come to this earth, that that baby was, in fact, God, Jesus, the Word. The Word became flesh. When God spoke the, word in, the world into existence, Jesus is the Creator. And now he's made himself a baby to dwell among us, to be what we need, to do what we can't do. So first, before we can understand God's light, we must understand our darkness. Look at the first part of verse 2. It says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. God's light reveals that we live in darkness. Isaiah says that the darkness was not just covering the world, but it also blinded the people. God knows our darkness. He sees all the evil that men do. And they keep the, and the evil that they keep in their hearts. And our loving God is a just God. And he couldn't leave us in this dark world without a way out. In Acts uh, 26, 18, the Bible says, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are... Uh, sanctified by faith that is in me. He said, I come to show them the darkness. But I just didn't want them to see the darkness that we're in. I wanted to show them the power that Satan had over them. Not to control their life. Not to make them do something they don't want to. But to blind them to what the truth is. But he said, I also want you all to see that when you're in darkness, that I provided my life to show you that there is a way out to get forgiveness of sin. God came to save us. He has a better life for us. Our darkness is because of the power of Satan. And he wants to keep people from seeing and knowing who God truly is. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Listen, I, I, am, I am overwhelmed by the number of people here. 
This is Christmas Eve. There's, there's a million things to do, right? There's, there's, uh, there's presents, and there's a tree, and there's, and there's family coming, and there's, there's places you have to be, but you chose to be here tonight. Why? Because this is so important. This is important to you. But now I want you to understand something, that the world that we live in is still covered in darkness. The, the people are still blinded by Satan. They still can't see the light. But we can. We're going to be talking here in a few minutes. That that's an awesome responsibility God's given to us. I often think this time of the year when the wise men are following the bright light of that star, because that star is pointing them to Jesus. Well, now where's people looking at to point them to Jesus? Looking to the church. We're God's little stars. And we're supposed to be pointing people to Christ for the salvation. With the birth of God's Son, it is now impossible to live in darkness because the true light reveals and dispels uh, Satan's darkness to show the world a loving God who sacrificed his own Son. If all we had was darkness, then the world wouldn't know how, uh, no, but now God's glorious light reveals darkness to us. We lived in darkness. Many of the world still does. But now we see the light, God's light. Look at verse 1 and 2 again. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. A little baby born in Bethlehem is not just the light to light our day, but it's to light our life here on earth. Jesus is the everlasting light. So we will never have to face darkness again. Death is no longer death to us. Death is no longer the end. Death is just a passing from this world to the next. Isaiah 60, 20 says, Thy son shall, uh, shall, thy son shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light. And the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Amen. It's that wonderful? You know why you're here tonight? Because you know your days of mourning have ended. You don't have to worry about anything else. And there's, no, there's no pain and no suffering that's so great that it takes us away from God. There's nothing that will happen to you that will dim that light that he's put in you. There's, there's no way you cannot see how much God loves you, no matter what you go through. No more mourning, no more sadness. We have a light that will, take, be, will never be taken away from us. Our light is Jesus. In John 8, 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What an impact Christ's life has made in the darkness of our lives and of this world. Look at uh, Luke 1, 79. It says, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen. I Man, I spent 35 years walking on this life, I mean, walking in this world, and, and I was just uh, miserable, living in darkness, couldn't see anything. I was married, and I thought I loved my wife. I thought I loved my child. I had no idea what love was. I was blind. But God opens our eyes. God reveals into us what we are and shows us what we can be 
with Christ. No more shadow of death. But he's guiding our feet to a way of peace. This tells us that Jesus came to take us out of our darkness, to take us out of the shadow of death, and to guide us into an everlasting peace with the God the Father. This light is more than the star that guided the men to Bethlehem. This light is the gospel, good news. The angels told the shepherds, I bring good tidings of great joy. It's for all people. The light is hope, wisdom, and goodness, and Jesus is the light. He removes all darkness. He reveals our secret sins and our faults and our selfish attitude. And his light is special. His light doesn't bring condemnation. It brings salvation. It doesn't bring punishment. It brings forgiveness. It doesn't bring guilt, but it brings healing and, and re reconciliation. It's a wonderful light, isn't it? Jesus' light is the free gift that brings hope, encouragement, love, strength, guidance, and peace. We came to the light by faith. Rejoice that God has given us Jesus Christ. And finally, we see the effects of God's life. Look at verse 3. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. This light has the power to change people's lives. Not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles. Not the rich, but also the poor. Jesus came to save everyone. Every race, creed, color, everything. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in light, as, we, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. His light points us to forgiveness. And this is a time when we rejoice in our relationship with God, but also our relationship with each other. It says, because we have the light, we have fellowship with one another. So it just doesn't open our eyes to see who God is and see who Jesus is and see how, the, how he's given us eternal life and, and given us forgiveness of sin. It also opens in our eyes to the people we need to associate ourselves with, the people we need to come together with. That's why you have a church. That's why we come together to, to encourage each other, to be a blessing to each other, to, to uh, be stronger in number as we go out and, and, and show people the light of Christ. Here in a few minutes, we'll light our candles. One candle in the darkness is not very much light, but a whole bunch of candles in the darkness is a wonderful, glorious thing. And it shows how God brings people together for the body of Christ to be what he wants us to be in order for us to reach more people with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, he tells us in verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and hide it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it giveth light unto, uh, to all that are in the house. He says, Let your light so shine before men that they may look, uh, see your good works and glory, glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're to show people Jesus. We're to shine. For all the world to see. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that have called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. He's given us purpose. He's given us a, a, a job. He's given our life meaning. Before, we, we served self. 
We only done what made us happy. We didn't care about other people. We only cared about self. But now he makes a difference. He says, now that you have salvation and that light has turned on inside of you and you see who you are, and as you sit and think, why did I save you? You have to realize that salvation is not just for you, but it's for everybody. And when you sit there and think, I'm, I'm bound for heaven. Praise God, I'm going to heaven right now. They, God can take me now. I know where I'm going. But there's another part of our head that says, look at those people out there who don't know. Look at those people who are blind who are still living for self. And it breaks our heart knowing that we have it and they don't. If I don't make you want to shine your light into somebody's life, then I don't know what will. Our desire should be for all to come to know Jesus Christ. First Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. We translate from this life into his kingdom. We no longer live for this world. This is not our home. We live for the kingdom of God, which is where we belong. We must serve God because we are now part of his kingdom. And he wants his kingdom to grow, and that's what we should want. When the wise men bowed uh, before Jesus, they realized that the brilliance of the star that they had followed all that time was nothing compared to the light of Jesus. Jesus is the one who will meet you in your deepest darkness and show you the greatest love you'll ever know. How great is your desire to take the light of Jesus into this world? 1 John 1, 5. This, then, is the message which we have heard from him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. That's the message we carry to the world. And that's what he calls us to do, is to take the light into the world. His will, his desire should be ours. And 2 Peter 3, 9 tells us he's not willing that any should perish, but all to come to repentance. But in order for that to happen, church, we must trust God. We must commit to our service to him. We must surrender to his will to tell all about the love and light of Jesus. Our desire should be the same as God's. We must show everyone the light of Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a minute. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I encourage you to understand and to to, to see that light. And it's not the light of Covington Baptist Church. It's not even the light of the people that belong here. It's not even the light of the people here. But it's the light that Jesus put in our hearts. The moment we believe and accept him as our Savior. The moment we enter into a, a personal relationship with Jesus. That light shines in us. We have eternal life. We're not waiting to get eternal life. We have it now. But he loves you so much, he would send his son to die for you. I don't know anybody's hearts, but you do. If you want to know more about him, I will tell you more about him. But this is the most important decision you'll ever make. If you're here tonight and you know Christ is your Savior, what are you doing with that knowledge? Are you sharing it with the world? Are you letting your light shine so that people won't see your deeds, but they'll see a God who loves you and who's working through you to lead them to salvation in their son?
what are we doing? For I have received of the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he uh, was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took a cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is in the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the blood of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Amen. So here he gives us something to do. He gives us an example. If you look through the parables of Jesus, and through his, he's always comparing stuff with stuff so we can understand things better. So we can have a visual of what it is. And he said, this bread is not just bread, but it was representing my body, which was beating and hung on a cross. Spear ran through it. A body that was broken for the world. And a cup with the juice in it just represents his blood. It's not his blood, but it represents his blood. Blood that was shed for us. Because the Bible says, without the, without the shed of blood, there is no remission of sin. And it had to be perfect blood, and that's what Jesus had. So he gives us this example for us to do so that we can do this and remember him. But it also said that don't take this unworthily. This is not a snack. This is not a meal. This is something very sacred and something that should be taken very seriously. But it is a table that all can come and eat, all those who believe in Christ and have a relationship with him. But even us who believe, sometimes we have sin in our life that needs to be dealt with. And this is the time to do that. So we're going to take a few minutes and have silent prayer to search your heart to make sure you come to this table knowing that your sins are forgiven. Because we know if we, uh, if we uh, bring our sins before him and ask for forgiveness, he'll forgive us. So let's pray. Amen.